Do you suck at money? Don't worry. You're not alone. That's why Matt and I created this podcast, How to Money. That's right, Joel. Money can be intimidating, and we're all about changing that perception. We're two best friends, making money conversations fun and interesting, and helping people suck a whole lot less at this money thing. So whether you want to save more, buy a home, or just gain a better perspective on a subject that affects all of us, listen and subscribe to our show on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for How to Money. Um. This is Incredible Health with Dr. David Vitko. Good morning. Good morning, my friends in health. Have you been working on your diet? Are you getting a little bit of exercise each day? I certainly hope so. That's why I spend every Sunday morning here with you. I'm trying to coax you into better health. Ah, what can I offer you? A carrot. Let's hang a carrot out in front of you. Better than the stick. Someday the government's going to use a stick to make us all become healthier. They'll tell you you can't eat meat. They'll tell you you can't eat sugar. And uh, they'll beat you down with taxes if you don't toe the line. So isn't it better now to adapt and become healthier on your own? Let's all show them how it's done. It's the good old American way. self uh you know, looking at your own self-worth and, and using your own, you know, wherewithal to get there. So welcome to Enjoy Incredible Health with Dr. David Vitko. This is your host, Dr. David Vitko. I'm a chiropractic physician with over 30 years experience helping your friends and neighbors become healthier and live a healthier, happier life, all from little old Columbiana, Ohio. So if you're looking for a doctor who looks at the whole picture and who can help you to get healthy enough so that your doctor says, wow, you don't need these medications. How did you do that? And then you can help educate your doctor and we can change the whole system from the bottom up. And it all starts with you. And that's why I'm here. So let's get to work here. Um, you know, if you decide you want somebody to guide you in that path to better health, uh, call my office for an appointment, 330-482-9550. That's 482-9550. My lovely wife, Denise, will set you up for a consultation. And uh, and don't forget, we also provide terrific uh, relief for back pain. Don't forget, too, folks, if you want to discover truly incredible health, as I have at the young age of 60, you need to immerse yourself in the information that will lead you down that narrow path to health. I've spoke of the narrow path before. Go to 570wkbn.iheart.com and listen to my podcast every day. I just received a note from someone this week who said she listens to two or three of my shows every day. She has drawn great inspiration from it, and I trust me, I'm humbled by this. So the fact that someone sees enough in that to uh, to use it for their betterment, I love it. But it's truly not me. The most exciting thing is that this is a gift that all of us were given at birth. We just have to learn to use it. And then we can leverage that miracle that's inside each of us. It's awesome, this healing power that we've been given. It's built right into your body from birth. Go to 570wkbn.iheart.com, click on Podcasts, and click on Dr. David Vitko. So I get nothing from this but the satisfaction of knowing that I'm helping others to get incredible health. And uh, that's enough. I love that. 
So we won't be taking any phone calls today as today is a very special day because today we have with us a very special guest indeed. He is Dr. Gabe Merkin and uh, he was uh, he's retired now but he's a sports medicine doctor, a fitness guru and longtime radio host. 25 years on the radio folks. Uh, doing kind of what I do, only uh, maybe slightly differently, but uh, he's an amazing guy. And uh, he's a graduate of Harvard University and Baylor, Baylor University College of Medicine. He's board certified in four specialties, sports medicine, allergy and immunology, pediatrics, and pediatric immunology. The Dr. Merkin show, his call-in show on fitness and health, it was syndicated in more than 120 cities. The guy's written 16 books, including the sports medicine book. And listen, folks, he has contributed chapters to the Merck Manual, which is actually considered to be the Bible of medicine. And uh, so I, just an impressive guy, and I'm going to go right to him uh, right now. Um, good morning, Dr. Merkin. How are you? Good morning. Good morning, Dave. So happy to have you here, sir. Hello. Well, I'm de- I'm delighted. Go ahead. Okay. Well, okay. I'm not used to you know talking to somebody that has so many years on the radio because you're actually going to wait till I ask you something. <laughs> I'm not used to that. Everybody usually jumps right in. But uh, so the your show on the radio went 25 years. That that's a pretty incredible run by any standard. And how long has it been since you've done your last show that that you were the host of? Nineteen ninety four. No, it's two thousand four. That's a long time ago. So yes. I assume you still do interviews on the radio since you accepted my offer. Yes, yes, I do, and we put out a weekly newsletter that's free to anybody that's interested. It comes out every Thursday. I love that newsletter. I subscribe to it myself, and I find it very informative. Uh, is there a? Do you have a web address on top of your mind where they can go? My listeners can go to yes, subscribe. It's one word: drmerkin.com. D r m i r k i n dot com. Fabulous, and I find something every week on that that uh, stimulates my desire to look a little deeper into things, and uh, I really do enjoy that newsletter. Thank you for doing that. Uh, you know, not too many guys when they get to the point where they retire, they keep going. It, you apparently have some passion for helping people to be healthier, obviously. Well, actually, I'm doing what I choose to do. So I can exercise every day and I can write a little bit every day. That's fantastic. What is your day like? What's a typical day for you know a guy who spent so many years as a medical physician and treating sick people and, and writing extensively, obviously? You know, what, what's your typical day like now? Well, it's based on retirement. Do you know what's better than retirement? Not sure. I haven't gotten there yet. So, Well, nothing. Oh. nothing. <laughs> you get up every morning and you decide what you want to do. So I start each day. Um, I get a very a brief breakfast, but I go out and I ride, and I ride my bicycle uh, close to 200 miles every single week, and most of it very fast. And uh, then uh, uh, my wife and I, we live in a retirement community with 125,000 people without jobs. Wow. wow. And no poverty here and down in the villages, Florida. But anyway, uh, so we have lots of people in the same situation as we are. So uh, during the day, we usually write. And in the evening, they have uh, several town centers here. Each has a free band with free dancing every night, and we try to go dancing, and then they have activities uh, open to people. 
Fantastic. You know, going back to your question, what's better than retirement? The thing that popped into my head is retirement with your health. That retirement with purpose. Uh, if you have no interest, you really are going to shorten your life. But if you have interest, and the more interest you have, the more likely you are to live a long life. That is sage advice, and, and I've heard that before. And I, I do believe that you need to, all during your life, wake up with a purpose. And I think that a lot of people probably who have uh, depression and uh, mood issues, mood swings, uh, are missing that one aspect of their life. Even more important when you retire, I would think. Yes, and there is an association between uh, lack of activity in every aspect and premature death. In other words, the fewer interests you have, the less you do, the more time you spend sitting are all associated with increased risk for dementia, increased risk for heart attacks, and premature death. Isn't that interesting? And uh, that probably plays into my focus, which is better circulation and specifically better microcirculation. And uh, I see as the root of a lot of issues, which I tie into diet often, but exercise certainly is a big part of that. But uh, Dr. Yeah. M- Dr. Merkin, this show really is all about learning to eat the foods we were designed to really thrive on. And in my opinion, that's fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, berries, melons, and so on. And uh, I-, I gather that you believe along the same lines. Uh, for oh, the- definitely. There's there's no question about it. the buzzword in medicine today is inflammation. And let me let me just go into a few seconds of this. Your immunity is good for you. When a germ gets into your system, your immunity can tell the difference between a germ and your own cells. So your immunity makes white blood cells and chemicals that can attack the germ and kill it. Now. After the germ is gone, your immunity is supposed to dampen down. But if your immunity stays active all the time, it uses the same cells and chemicals called cytokines to attack and kill your own cells. And that's called inflammation. So if your immunity stays active, it attacks your brain to increase your risk for dementia. It attacks your liver to cause fatty liver and liver disease. It attacks your arteries to form plaques that cause heart attacks. There's not a cell in your body that can't be destroyed by your own immunity staying active all the time. Even osteoporosis that affects almost 100% of older people as they age is caused by an overactive immunity where your immunity attacks the basic structure of bones to weaken them and let you break your bones with even the slightest trauma. That sounds interesting, and it plays into diet in what way? Well, we're getting into now bacteria. Do you know you have a hundred trillion bacteria sitting in the last five feet of your intestinal tract called your colon. And these bacteria determine your immunity. I'm going to move from inflammation for what causes inflammation, your immunity to stay active all the time. Now, I told you you have more germs in your colon than you have in your cells in your entire body. And these germs need nutrition. They have to have something to eat. And they eat the same foods that you do. So what you eat determines which 
types of bacteria grow in your colon. This is absolutely fascinating. And there's a huge difference between healthful and harmful bacteria in your colon. The healthful bacteria in your colon are perfectly happy to eat the same food you do. So when your food gets down there, they eat that food and they don't try and enter your cells. On the other hand, the harmful bacteria are not happy with the food you eat. They try to penetrate the cells lining your colon, and that's terrible. Because when the bacteria try and invade your cells, your immunity responds. You produce white blood cells and cytokines that try and attack and kill the germs. So if your colon is loaded with the harmful types of bacteria that try and enter your cells, that turn on your immunity, you develop inflammation. And inflammation, overactive immunity, determines whether you get heart attack because you that you place plaques in your arteries that can break off and cause heart attacks. You are at increased risk for cancer because your own immunity that attacks germs can attack your own genetic DNA to turn off normal processes and increase risk for cancer. And there's no question now that the germs in your colon determine your susceptibility to premature death from disease. That is all very enlightening. Now tell my listeners, what food actually creates the harmful bacteria? And is it food, or do they just come, you know, out of the blue? I don't know. You tell me. Well, this is incredible. If you eat the right food, you grow the right bacteria. If you eat the wrong food, you grow the bad ones. Well, remember something. This is absolutely fantastic recent knowledge. Do you know that you produce the same white blood cells and chemicals to kill germs to treat an infection to an infection that you produce when you have injured tissue. When you damage some cells in your body, when you have liver disease, when you damage a cell, you produce the same chemicals and white blood cells that you produce uh, against a germ. So... If you have anything going on that damages your body, that turns on your immunity to cause inflammation. And when you eat sugar-added foods, a high rise in blood, you get a high rise in blood sugar, and when sugar in your, in your blood rises too high, it sticks to the outer cells, the outer membranes of all the cells in your body to damage them. And then you turn on your immunity. So sugar, sugar-added food and sugar drinks turn on your immunity because they damage your cells. You get further inflammation. Your own immunity attacks your own cells and you get further destruction. So sugar increases your risk for cancers, heart attacks, strokes. Uh, diabetes, overweight, premature death, all the bad things. And the second very bad thing is red meat. Now, this is fascinating. There is no debate in the scientific community today uh, from intelligent scientists because the literature overwhelmingly shows that that uh, your immunity uh, is good for you. And when you eat red meat, that's mammal meat, and it contains proteins that are different than you have, so it turns on your immunity. You, your immunity thinks that red meat is a germ invading your body. So your immunity is turned on, 
and it stays on and your immunity attacks you to destroy your tissue. So all reasonable scientists now agree that mammal meat, sugar-added foods, sugar drinks, and even fried foods are very bad for you because they cause inflammation. On the other hand, fruits, vegetables, nuts, whole grains, beans, and seeds are healthful. And this is incredible. The reason they're healthful is because these foods, plant foods, are loaded with soluble fiber. Now, you can't break down soluble fiber. The fiber remains just as it is, and you can't absorb it. So you eat, uh, you eat uh, uh, vegetables, and you eat fruit, and you eat nuts. And you can't absorb them, so they pass all the way through your system, all the way down to your colon. And in your colon, you can't break them down, but the bacteria, the good bacteria found uh, in your colon can break down soluble fiber. And they convert soluble fiber to short-chain fatty acids that are written about so much in literature. And short-chain fatty acids produced by good healthy colon bacteria do all kinds of things. They lower high blood pressure. They lower cholesterol. They reduce inflammation. So now we have a, a unified theory that's agreed upon by most scientists, most reasonable scientists, all reasonable scientists, that fruits and vegetables are helpful with hundreds of studies and that red meat, sugar-added foods, all sugar drinks, included fruit juice, and all fried foods are harmful because they cause tissue damage. And suddenly, we understand how important diet really is. That is incredible stuff, and that exactly supports my contention all along that we are designed to thrive on fruits and vegetables and nuts and seeds and berries and such. And so what do you say to the, you know, I, I hear these uh, snake oil salesmen on the radio all the time selling this and that. Now the big thing is probiotics. And so, you know, if say you decide that you don't want to eat the healthy foods, you, you're going to go against the grain just because you've always eaten meat. You're never going to change whatever, you know, that's your lifestyle. And you're just going to take probiotics. You know, what's... That- It shows that you have no knowledge at all (laughs) of the scientific literature, and I want to emphasize this. You can't do anything with probiotics, and I'm going to tell you why. You're taking bacteria, and remember, bacteria in your colon eat the same foods that you do. So you swallow the bacteria, and you'll find the bacteria in your stool for a few days. But a few, as soon as you stop taking that probiotic, the, the probiotic is gone. Right. Because it doesn't have the diet that it wants to eat to, to grow the good, healthy bacteria. And not only that, we don't know all the good bacteria and the bad bacteria. But there's further destruction from taking probiotics. Because when you take a probiotic, you're not getting the benefits of eating soluble fiber. Remember, I told you that soluble fiber comes from fruits and vegetables. It can't be absorbed, so it passes all the way to the last five feet of your intestinal tract, your colon, and their bacteria ferment the soluble fiber to form short-chain fatty acids to do all these good things that are helpful for you. Now, the problem, you take the probiotics, and the probiotics are being dissipated, and they're not there to ferment the food in your colon. 
And second of all, they won't stay as soon as, as soon as you eat them. So you have to supply the healthful food for the good, healthful bacteria to thrive in your colon to produce the short-chain fatty acids that turn down inflammation, that prolong your life and prevent disease. I love this, and and I love your passion for it. It's obvious, and you know my listeners hear me get passionate about this every day. And you know I'm a chiropractor. I'm in a small town, but here, you know, your education is much more extensive than mine. Your experience. Do you mind telling my listeners what your age is? I'm 84. You know, at 84 years of age, I I hope I can still maintain the passion that I have for this. You are an amazing man. (laughs) Well, I will tell you something, that in medical school, I led my class in cholesterol. (laughs) I had the highest cholesterol in a class of 100 medical students, and 40 of the 100 medical students in my class are dead now. Wow. So I assume yours went... immediately went on to a course of what can I do. So I said, well, uh, there's some literature. This was 19 in the 1950s. Right. And I said, well, gee, uh, there is a huge literature on red meat already there uh, 70 years ago about red meat. Remember, we were learning about saturated fat and red meat being harmful. So I'll give up red meat. And I went out and I ate fried chicken, <laughs> you know, at, at, the, at the fast food restaurants. And do you know what happened to my cholesterol? Nothing. Nothing. It stayed ex- exactly yeah. the same. And then I, I eventually went on to learn that you have to give up. Uh, the fr- all fried food, because right. fried food, you're changing the food to something that, that causes cell damage and turns on your immunity. And I didn't really low, and I had already at a hun- at age 21, 22, I had high blood pressure. I was running constant systolic blood pressures of over 130 at age 22, 23. And I had a 320 cholesterol. And so nothing was, was really changing until I realized the key was to eat vegetables. You have to eat lots of fruits, vegetables, whole grains, beans, seeds, and nuts. The literature overwhelmingly shows that, and if you don't do that, you're not doing the things necessary to really extend your lifespan. So once I learned about the vegetables, I I was able to lower my cholesterol, lower my blood pressure, and get better. And I've been following this diet now for more than more than 50 years. Well, I'm 84 years old, and I ride a bicycle 200 miles a week, and it's all fast. I used to compete um, internationally in in marathon running but i my feet my legs can't take the pounding sure. uh, uh, running is a is an impact sport that that really is very hard on your body so i switched to a bicycle where you you pedal in a smooth rotary motion there's no impact of your foot hitting the ground over and over again and so it's relatively safe but the literature now shows that intense exercise is more health benefits than uh, less intense exercise. So I, I go fairly intensely. And I'm able to do things now that I, I don't have the strength that I had when I was younger. The one thing you lose irreversibly is strength. You lose muscle fibers. But I have the same endurance I've had from years ago. I can keep on going and keep on moving. That's incredible. Hey, can you hang on for the second half of the show? I'm delighted. Thank you so much, sir. It's great talking to you. And we're going to talk some more here in just a minute. Hey, folks, 
Is this great stuff or what? I'm telling you, this is a guy supporting what I'm telling you every Sunday. Listen up. This is Dr. David Vitko. We'll be back in just a few minutes. The end. Welcome back to Incredible Health with Dr. David Vitko. Okay, we're coming back here. And hey, folks, if you need a painter, and many of you do, just look around your house. Does it need a coat of paint to spruce it up? Imagine how much nicer it would be and how much nicer your house would look with some nice, lighter color, a change of color. Be like you're living in a whole new place because we all get bored with, you know, our house and life and things after a while, don't we? So how about the outside of your house? Can it use a color or change? I, I don't know. But, you know, if you're thinking of sprucing things up with a new coat of paint, call Patrick Fry for a free estimate at 330-423-9663. That's 423-9663. Patrick of Fry Painting, he'll give you a great price, outstanding service. He does fantastic work. He's neat. He's fast. And uh, you'll have an amazing new look to your home, inside or out. Call Patrick today, and yes, even on Sunday, he'll answer, and he'll set you up to come out and give you an estimate. I trust Patrick totally, and so should you. So uh, we're going to get back on here with Dr. Merkin. Hello, Dr. Merkin. We're back. Thank you for Hi. holding, sir. I Sorry to make you hold that long. No, that's fine. But uh, uh, so, you know, I want to get back to this. I I love what you said about probiotics because it's all the rage right now. There are many things that come and go nutritionally. You know, now vitamin D is the big thing. Everybody needs tons of vitamin D. And, you know, it was calcium at one time. It was vitamin C at one time. I always think that uh, the interesting correlation is, yes, we do need a lot of vitamin C, and we're one of the few species on Earth that doesn't produce our own vitamin C, and it just so happens that fruits and vegetables are the richest source of vitamin C. So isn't it interesting how there are a lot of coincidences that play into that whole picture that tell us what we should be eating? Yes, there there is uh, vitamin C. Incidentally, um, the latest literature on on uh, calcium pills is is incredible. Do you know that taking calcium pills increases your risk of your bones breaking? Yes, I've read that, and I know oh, that uh, taking calcium pills increases your risk for heart attack. It forms plaques in your arteries and kidney stones. Nobody should be taking calcium yeah, pills. Exactly. You know, I have a story about that. My, uh, I had uh, chronic kidney stones. I've had 17 kidney stones over about 30 years, and uh, nobody could tell me what to do to change it. Oh, drink more water. Don't eat tomatoes. It was all ridiculous. And drinking more water certainly is plausible, and, and I do that now. But I also changed to a plant-based diet, and you know, it's been eight years since I've had my last stone and so that's correct and there's a mechanism for all this for this problems do you know that a high rise in blood calcium shuts down one of your hormones your parathyroid gland that produces parathyroid hormone and so when it shuts down you you lose it you need parathyroid hormone to keep your calcium in bones so when you take calcium pills you get a rise in blood calcium that shuts off your parathyroid hormone that releases calcium from your bones 
And that extra calcium goes out in your urine to increase your risk of kidney stones and weakens your bones at the same time. Nobody should be taking calcium pills. You should be getting your calcium from food because the food is, the calcium in food is bound to, to fiber and it doesn't cause a high rise in blood calcium. Right. And that also, much in the same way that, um, iron, heme based iron, uh, is more easily absorbed than iron that is attached or that comes in a plant-based uh, uh, source, uh, we find that uh, your body is much more selective in how much it absorbs. It, it, That's correct. It gives Absolutely the, true. Yeah, and it gives the body a better opportunity to control that from the outside in first. And uh, so it's not like you're taking you know some kind of drug or something. But going back to that osteoporosis thing, the other thing that I've read in many studies actually is the connection between some of these uh, medications for osteoporosis and uh, correlations in actually a loss of bone strength, whereas the density improves, but the, the strength of the bone does not improve. And so they find that many people that are on these uh, uh, drugs for osteoporosis actually have significant bone failure still and possibly even more. That's kind of scary. Well, no. On the overall, on the overall research, uh, the um, the osteoporotic drugs do help uh, strengthen bones, but they don't do that by strengthening the bone structure. You know how you have a building, and the building has struts that that, and everything else is put on the struts. Right. Well, bone strength is strong struts, and and none of the osteoporosis drugs give you stronger struts. They put more calcium in your bones, so they make bone density. Right. But bones, bones denser. But uh, so you get a little bit of an advantage from the bones being denser. But the only way you could really tell if you're strengthening bones is be to break your bones and see the force that's necessary to break the bones. And we can't do that. Yeah, that's obviously, not a good way so, to go. But we don't even have a test available to tell you how strong your bones really are. We just measure how dense they are, right. and that's not completely dependable. But you're absolutely correct about uh, the drugs. The drugs can, over the long term, give you a false sense of security because your bones are denser, but the struts are weaker. And so some people, when they take these bone strengtheners for for 10 years, 8 years, 6 years, end up with an increased risk of fractures. So now we recommend that if you want to take bone strengtheners, you have to take a holiday after 4 years and get off the drug for 3 years, and then you can start again. But you uh, can't stay long-term on the drugs available now to treat osteoporosis. I see. Well, you know, I, I'm thinking now of one of the articles of yours that I read uh, about osteoporosis, I believe, or possibly it was about calcium, but... Uh, you recommend, uh, and we we know this is true, but you recommended that one of the best things you can do is get a little bit of sunshine and some kind of exercise. Because yes, and let me tell you what's what's showing up in the medical literature now. We've been talking about sunlight giving you vitamin D. Let your skin make vitamin D out of cholesterol analogs. Uh, so you get vitamin D, and the vitamin D is supposed to strengthen bones. Now we're finding out that there's a whole bunch of other benefits from sunlight. Uh, for, for example, sunlight 
causes your skin to make nitric oxide, which widens your blood vessels and prevents heart attacks. That has nothing to do with vitamin D. Vitamin D, just when you have high levels of vitamin D in your blood, all it means is that you're getting adequate amounts of sunlight. Uh, and we're now finding out that sunlight does far more than just give you vitamin D. Now, we have to worry because excess exposure to sunlight also causes skin cancer. Right. And that's really terrible. So the current recommendation is now that everybody needs sunlight, but you only need in the summertime at high noon about 10 minutes of a few inches of skin three times a week. You don't need a lot. So you're supposed to get some sunlight, but not a lot. And we now feel that the benefits of sunlight go beyond the manufacture of vitamin D. So let's tie that into diet a little bit here. I, I've seen studies in the past that have made vague references to uh, diet, uh, diet's effect on the chances of getting skin cancer. And, and I have always believed that, you know, the sun's been around as long as man has, certainly, and much longer. And uh, skin cancer's really only become a major culprit maybe in the last 30, 50 years, something like that. Do you think that, you know, possibly the propensity to get skin cancer from sun exposure may be linked somehow to eating the wrong diet? Well, it may well be because we know that eating pro-inflammatory foods increases your risk of getting liver cancer, lung cancer, colon cancer, prostate and breast cancer, and so forth. So we do have an association, but it goes beyond, it goes beyond that. Now we're finding out that 80% of skin cancers have HPV, uh, the genome of a uh, sexually transmitted virus that affects 80% of all American adults. And this is very fascinating. Yeah, that's fascinating. You, that's kind of scary. When you start to analyze the cells that become skin cancer, you will find that 80% of those cells have been infected with HPV, human papillomavirus, HPV. So the current theory now, and everybody gets it, uh, you can get HPV from a single kiss with the wrong person. And since 80% of all Americans are eventually exposed to HPV, it doesn't mean you're that necessarily you're promiscuous. Well, there goes everybody's sex life out there, I'll tell you. <laughs> well, frightening, yeah. <laughs> it's very frightening. So, uh, you know, let's, let's go back to that osteoporosis thing because, you know, in my part of the country, everybody clings to that. Oh, you need a lot more vitamin D because that's why your bones are weakening and things like that. And, but in this part of the country, it's a, you know, we're in Ohio. So, uh, you know, it's a little chilly, uh, this time of year and, and people don't get out and exercise quite as much, uh, and get the sunshine as well. But the exercise part of it is something you can do, you know, on your own, too, inside. Now, you live in a warm place, but what do you recommend for people, you know, for who live in a climate like this? Oh, I, I think you've hit the nail right on the head. Uh, the, 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 the most beneficial bone strengthening we have is anything that strengthens muscles. When you strengthen muscles, you strengthen bones, and that's exercise. I think everybody should be lifting weights from the day they're a child, their children, all the way up to the day they die. They should be having some kind of resistance program that enlarges both muscles and bones. 
and strengthens bones significantly. In, in fact, a weightlifting program where you, you press your muscles against resistance is the most effective bone strengthener we have today, more so than all the drugs available on the market today. That's really great to hear because you know, so many people think they have to run or they have to, you know, even walking puts that stress up through the bones when you walk and things like that. But uh, uh, weightlifting is something that everybody can do at home. Yes. And weightlifting was held in disregard in previous times. And now all the research shows that weightlifting is as effective as aerobic exercise like running, cycling, and skiing in, uh, in uh, strengthening bones and increasing your ability to prevent heart attacks. Guys with the largest muscles who don't protein load, because the reason there was an association between weightlifting and power sports and premature death and heart attacks was that, that when a kid goes out for his high school football team, the coach immediately says, I want you to eat meat seven times a day. <laughs> well, that's crazy. Right. Because eating meat seven times a day markedly increases your risk for premature death from a heart attack. You're getting plaques all over your body from eating meat that often. No doubt about it. Are you familiar with the China study? With yes, very the, much so. T. Colin Campbell, and I, that's one of the books that I look to for references. And I, you know, uh, I have a son who's in the personal training field, and uh, he understands this and he is not overboard on a lot of, of protein and i still hear these trainers come into my office from time to time and say you know i uh, patients they uh, their clients they try to you know get them on a high protein diet you know and even these high protein high fat diets those worry me so much because these are people that already have higher cholesterol and they're kind of out of shape and and then they're going and they're working out and doing aerobic type stuff and now they're piling in more protein and more fat into their diet, and it creates a dangerous situation, I feel. Very good point, and the scientific community agrees with you completely. You're not supposed to overload in protein, and here's the hooker. For years, ruthless people have been selling protein supplements saying they make you stronger. You have a certain requirement for protein, and when you take more than your basic requirement, you do not get increased growth of muscles or increased strength. So it is a myth that taking large amounts of protein will help to make you stronger. It's not supported by any scientific data. So more than the protein you need actually stresses That's your correct. body. You need a certain amount of protein to grow muscle. But beyond that, taking larger amounts does not give you further growth. Now that's a further stress on people really over the age of 40 or 50 whose kidney function may be dropping off a little bit anyway. And, and they're uh, increasing their plaque formation because there's no question the person that eats the most, uh, refined carbohydrates, red meat, and so forth, has the most plaques. Yeah. And that applies to exercise. And incidentally, let me tell you about exercise. Exercise does not prevent plaques from forming. Do you know what a heart attack is? A heart attack means that, a, that you have plaques in your arteries and the plaques break off. And when the plaques break off, you get bleeding and then clotting and sudden complete obstruction of blood flow. A heart attack has nothing to do with 99% obstruction of blood flow. A heart attack only occurs 
when there's no blood flowing through to a part of the heart muscle. And that occurs when you break off a plaque. So exercise does not prevent plaques from forming. It's very interesting. Master athletes who compete in competitive sports into their 80s Hey, Doc. More plaques, not less. Hey, Doc. More plaques than non-exercisers. We got to wrap it don't up. don't get heart attacks. I got a break here. Hey, hang on just a second. I want to talk to you for one minute after the break. Thank you, sir. Welcome back to Incredible Health with Dr. David Pitko. Okay, folks, we're going to uh, pick up with Dr. Merkin here for just a minute or so. Dr. Merkin, are you still there? Yes, I am. Thank you, sir. I'm sorry about that. That break snuck up on me pretty fast. But uh, you are fascinating to listen to. And uh, I would ask, do you have maybe one or two pieces of advice for my listeners? And most of my listeners are over 50, probably over 40 years of age. What can they do to put their health on the right track? Well, you've covered most of it. The a diet is incredibly important and exercise is incredibly important and everything else falls behind those two things. So my advice is if you've never exercised, check with your doctor and get an evaluation and then you can walk. And this is why exercise is so important. Resting muscles pull almost no sugar out of your bloodstream and need insulin to do so. Contracting muscles pull massive amounts of sugar out of your bloodstream and don't even need insulin to do so. Wow. So while you're sitting and doing nothing, you're raising your blood sugar and getting cell damage. On the other hand, while you're contracting your muscles, and it doesn't matter how you move, it's the contraction, you can pull sugar out of, out of the bloodstream, even if you're diabetic and don't have insulin. That is powerful stuff. I am going to use that in the future. Hey, I would love to have you back on someday. You are energetic. You're an amazing man, really, and your knowledge is so extensive. It's It's been wonderful. Thank you so much for being here. And uh, Well, thank you. You were great. You had no dead air. We moved beautifully. <laughs> Pretty good job. Well, thanks so much, and we'll be in touch, okay? Right. So, folks, uh, look, it's just a great show. You know, I honestly, you know, people say, well, you know, I always say I get goosebumps for things that excite me. And the human body excites me. It is an amazing, miraculous thing. And listen to this. Here's a guy who's practiced 50 years in medicine, and he's telling you what's the most important thing? Diet and exercise. Look, this is the health care of the future. You're either going to learn to go this route yourself, or one day it's going to be forced on us. I can promise you that because... Modern medicine can't keep going the way it's going now. It's too costly. It's inefficient. It's ineffective in in really making people healthy. If you want good health for you and your family and your friends, start with yourself. Be an example to other people. Build your health to a higher level. Now, listen to what my friend Dr. Merkin says. The guy is amazing. Take his word if you don't take mine. Make sure you're back here next Sunday. I'm Dr. David Vitko. This is Enjoy Incredible Health, and we are here to help steer you down that narrow path to better health. If you just keep listening, tune in, go into 570wkbn.iheart.com, listen to my podcast regularly. It's going to make a world of difference in the way you think. When you change the way you think first, then the motion comes automatically. You start doing what you think about. And I, I've always believed that. You know, if you see a movie that leaves an impression on you, that sticks with you for time. 
You know, if you listen to things over and over, the same kind of message that is going to take you to a healthier place, it's going to make a difference in your life. And so, you know, you get great advice here, and I'm thrilled to do it. But I get even more thrilled when I hear patients and friends and people that I just run into on the street say, you know, I listen to your show, and I'm making small changes, and I already feel better, Dr. Vitko. That is that is cream for me. I love that. Please, help other people become healthier. Do something good for somebody else today. You'll feel good about it, and really start diving into this stuff. 888-379-2552. 